Okay, we're back in class, and today we're going to discuss extraurethral incontinence. Now, this is a form of incontinence that you probably will not be involved in treating. So the main thing is just for you to be aware that this form of incontinence does exist and requires totally different management. So this will be a very quick and easy class. Um, there will be minimal or no questions on this on the certification exam. So it's more just for your awareness and to rule out than for any in-depth study. So what is extraurethral incontinence? Here you have constant leakage of urine, but it's caused by an anatomic defect that results in urine bypassing the sphincter mechanism. And there's two major etiologic factors. In the patients we care for, it's most commonly a fistula. So with a fistula, you get an abnormal opening between the bladder and an adjacent organ. Most commonly, it's between the bladder and the vagina in women, but it also can be between the bladder and the skin. So I have seen urethrocutaneous fistulas in both men and women. But let's go back to the most common, the vesicovaginal, an abnormal pathway between the bladder and the vagina. What would cause that? Well, in third world countries, it's very commonly caused by obstructed labor. But in developed countries, it's more commonly caused by pelvic malignancy or pelvic radiation or sometimes by extensive pelvic surgery and you end up getting damage at the level of the bladder or at the level of the vagina that creates that communication. In the pediatric population, it's usually not a fistula, it's usually an ectopic ureter. This is a congenital condition, so sometimes the ureter does not implant normally into the base of the bladder, but actually bypasses the bladder, implants into the urethra or into the vagina. So the clinical signs and symptoms, you can figure it out. If you've got urine that's passing out of the bladder to the skin, out of the bladder to the vagina, or from the ureter into the urethra past the sphincter, you're just gonna be leaking urine all the time. You will not have any sensation of bladder filling. You will not experience urgency. If somebody gives you medications or puts you on a behavioral program to make the problem better, you'll get zero response because it's an anatomic defect. Now, one thing we do see in a lot of patients is that they have recurrent urinary tract infections because you really don't want your bladder connecting to any other organ. You don't want it connecting to the vagina in women. You don't want it connecting to the rectum in men. If it's a vesicovaginal fistula, it's a pretty easy um, confirmatory test. You can put a tampon into the vagina. You can administer a dye that turns the urine a distinctive color like blue or green. And then you can just see, does it pass into the vagina and stain the tampon? Definitive diagnosis, though, is to do imaging studies of the urinary tract and just see where does the urine go. So recently, I've had some atypical patients who had had extensive pelvic radiation. These actually were male patients who develop fistulas between the bladder and the rectum because of extensive pelvic radiation. 
And so one of their first signs was noticing they were passing gas urethrally, totally abnormal. So you get urine going where it shouldn't go. If it involves the GI tract, you'll get gas and stool going where it shouldn't go. How are you gonna treat these patients? Well, the reason we don't spend a lot of time on this, this is not something you as a continence nurse would be treating. Definitive treatment is always going to involve surgery. If you have a fistula tract, you're gonna require surgery to close that tract to repair that anatomic defect. Typically, you'll require an indwelling catheter or a urinary diversion to keep the bladder decompressed until healing is complete. If it's an infant with an ectopic ureter, again, it's gonna be a surgical correction because it's an anatomic defect. In this case, they would re-implant the ureter into the base of the bladder. The one time we might be involved, what if you have a patient who has a vesicovaginal fistula? or maybe a rectovesical fistula in a male. And what if that patient is not a candidate for surgical correction? Because they have so many other comorbid conditions or because they're um, advanced age. Then they might come to you and say, how can you help us manage this patient? What can you offer this patient? And what we can offer them is containment products, absorbent products, and skin care. And we've covered that in more detail when we did the section on general principles of management and we talked about absorbent products and skincare. So just to summarize, extraurethral incontinence is very different from the other types that we've discussed. Here we have leakage caused by an anatomic defect that allows urine to bypass the sphincter mechanism. Most commonly, it's a vesicovaginal fistula or an ectopic ureter. Clinical presentation is very different because the patient doesn't have any sensation of urine in the bladder, of urgency. It's just constant leakage that doesn't respond to pharmacologic therapy or to behavioral interventions. Diagnosis is pretty straightforward. Imaging studies, where does the urine go? And then management, definitive management, involves surgical correction of the anatomic defect. Until that can be done, or in cases where that's not an option, we're going to manage the patient with absorbent products and skin care. Wasn't that quick and easy? You're done with this one.